Welcome back to Camp People with John. And, and Mariah. Oh, there you go, Mariah. And Allie. And Allie. <laughs> and Allie. So Mariah's been hogging all the special guests that we've been having to her family and friends. So I went upon myself to find my own special guest back home again in Indiana. What can I say? I'm popular. Austin or Allie Woolweaver. Um, I had to write your last name down, Allie, so I made sure I said the right one. Um, <laughs> so you've been married for like, has it been a year now? Year and a half-ish? What month is it? Yes, it's been a year and like four months or something like that. So I knew Allie from when she was a wee little lass. Um, and she was Allie Boyd. But now she's married to a wonderful man named Noah. And we'll just... Take a moment. I remember the day. So Allie and I used to work together, Mariah, um, before okay. I moved to Michigan. And I remember the day when Allie came into work and was talking about this boy that she saw at a family barbecue and his name was Noah. And like, I got to hear the whole story of Noah and like her sister. Was it your sisters and him liked each other, like in elementary school or whatever? They dated when I was eight. So Julian would have been like 12, I think. Yeah. So they were like a like a middle school dating stage nice but then like Allie started having feelings for him and then like it was so cool because we just like I was able to experience with Allie the stages of likeness to engagement at the zoo what a great guy proposed to her at the giraffe feeding place at the Fort Wayne Zoo like nice I like that giraffe feeding place a fun spot yeah and then Claire was Allie's bubble girl for her wedding which was <laughs> a ton of fun so yeah it's been fun watching Allie mature and become married and just mature in Jesus. Like Allie and I had a lot of really cool conversations. Like, I think that's the one good thing that came out of COVID was <laughs> I was taking college classes and took a, was taking a lot of Bible classes at the time. And Allie was learning a lot too at the church she was going to and just in life. And like, we could have a lot of really great conversations that way. So, and then I moved and then she got married and here we are today. She was on my fancy <laughs> team and she got third place. Fourth, I think. I'm not happy. I was first for a really long time. But. Were you and well, Luke, Luke on our fancy team? That's Mariah's husband. So, uh -huh. yeah, wow. he yeah. is very. I don't know how the season ended for him, but I know he was like really confident for a while, and the confidence quickly left. He must have yep. got third because it was him and Allie that were in the third, fourth. The, okay, last game. We were husband and I were first and second like the entire season, <laughs> and the playoffs came and. Everyone just quit on me, so it's okay. My team just That's my, team, my team arose. <laughs> awesome. So, Mariah, how have you been doing for the last week? Oh, you know, um, good. We are living in a winter wonderland. Um, oh. our, we've been without power on and off for the last, like, I don't know, week or so, which is really fun whenever you work from home. Um, your Wi-Fi just randomly cutting out, <laughs> but, um, it's been, it's been good. Luke has been like crazy plowing the last couple of days and, um, right now as we speak, he, he is. Um, and I didn't realize like just how, I don't know, with it being in my yard, like it just, I can't see the difference there. It, there isn't grass. It's just a blanket <laughs> of white. Um, but then we drove into town to go to church and the just the snow piles and the mounds everywhere and it's looks a little 
post-apocalyptic um, in our tiny town, but which I enjoy the snow. So I'm, I'm doing great. Yesterday I stayed inside and all I did was watch football and crochet and finish my puzzle. So yesterday was like a really good day. Nice. John, John texted me and was like, Hey, do you want to come over and watch the football game? And I said, Nope, I've been in my pajamas for hours and I have no intention <laughs> of getting out of them. <laughs> and Andrew was like, yeah, that's fair. I, cause Andrew was like, I too am in my pajamas and don't really want to over. Cause I didn't ask her first. I just said, I'm, I texted, I'm like, Oh, by the way, I texted Ryan Luke. Right. Like, and not that I haven't been in pajamas over at your guys' house before, because that's <laughs> definitely happened. But it just was the, yeah, I also don't feel like dealing with 14 inches of snow. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Allie, how have you been? How was your Christmas, I, New Year's, all life? It was good. Lots of family. Um, it's freezing. I also watched the game last night. Noah put the TV up in the bedroom, and we have bed warmers. So I got to watch it from the heated with blanket in my pajamas, and I watched the Chiefs win. So I am pretty great. Nice. That's a way to do it. I know. But and honestly, like I said, because Miami had a pretty good season, but like it was like negative twenty eight degrees wind chill in Kansas City. I was like, yeah, we're not gonna be able to play in this, like. They really stunk it up, though. I mean, it was it was not not good. Allie, are you a Chiefs fan? I am. I like to say that I was a Chiefs fan and a New Heights podcast fan before Taylor Swift and Travis were dating. Hmm. Um, everyone makes fun of me, but I'm just going to say that right off the bat. Everyone's listening before Taylor Swift. Nice. You know what? Uh, I'll be the first <laughs> to admit that I was a Chiefs fan and a New Heights podcast fan after they started dating. <laughs> Kudos Correct. to you for being a fan. Like two weeks before, but I'm still claiming that fame. Hey, <laughs> yeah, you were still there before. I was like two weeks after. So like, I I definitely give you a fame. Good for you. Honestly, I do really like their podcast though. Like I do listen because I like Taylor Swift. Like that's why I'm there. But I also very much enjoy their podcast. <laughs> it's really good. It is. Uh, Allie, how's the snow down in Indiana? Do you guys have a lot or? Not a lot compared to Michigan, but enough that my car got stuck today. And instead of shoveling, I just kept running forward and backwards until I eventually got out. But <laughs> it's enough to get you stuck. <laughs> That's like a true like Hoosier though. You know, mm-hmm. like, like today we were getting ready for church and Andrew's like, I don't think we'll be able to get the car out. I'm like, oh, bet. And I'm like, she's like, you're going to get stuck. I'm like, no, I'm not. Like I've done this for thirty years. Like I'm not gonna get stuck. Like okay. Noah has a huge truck, so when he gets out of the driveway, because he leaves at like five a.m., he didn't even think about it because he has a truck. But I oh, have an SUV. I'm like, it's big, but it's not that big. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. John, have you have you seen the um, shovel drama brewing on the like town Facebook page? Are you a part of the town Facebook page? I'm. Yeah. Did you post about shoveling and people like wanting to shovel and oh there's this one there's this one lady who will it started off this mom reposted her daughter's post and her daughter was posting about how um she was asking for someone to bring them food because she can't get her car out of the driveway and she doesn't own a shovel and so her mom reposts this post and then ever like a bunch of people come to the comments and are like, you live in Michigan. How do you not own a shovel? And then someone else asks like, okay, where do you live? 
And she, the mom responds and says she lives in this trailer park. And so then everyone's like, so you have like 50 neighbors, ask a neighbor for a shovel. We got a <laughs> foot of snow, but it's not a blizzard. Like, <laughs> And so then the mom made a whole other post about how it's perfectly reasonable for her daughter not to have a shovel. And it's just been like a whole thing that I've been <laughs> following along in this town Facebook group. I will say the hard part, and like Ali, so like the town we grew up in, like fifteen thousand people or so, and I grew up thinking I live in a small town. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Our county is smaller than the town we grew up in, Ali. Oh my, my high goodness. school! My high school is the size of the town that I now live in. <laughs> Our town has twenty three hundred people in it. <laughs> Our county has fourteen thousand. Mm-hmm. So like, it's a big county, and I start telling people, like, "Oh yeah, like I grew up in a small town." And then I tell them like the size, and they're like, "That's huge." And I'm like, "Not really. Like I don't feel like it's huge, but yeah." So that's the problem, especially with our town Facebook page, because because it's so small, no one leaves. Like, like you ask people, like, "Oh, where did you go up? Oh, here. Where did you yep. go high school? Here, here." Did you ever leave? No. Like, not even like, <laughs> like I grew up, like I stayed in the town I grew up in, but I left for a little bit. I was going to say, most people, yeah, like, even if they went to college, it's like one of the colleges that's like maybe an hour away. Maybe. Yeah. And they lived at home while they were. Right. Yeah. They commuted. Oh. <laughs> and so, like, the town Facebook page is like mean girls times three a lot of times. They were all, they all hated each other in high school. And now they just hate each other as adults instead. Like, so for the, <laughs> and for now the like us, it becomes more like, well, we don't need to go to Walmart. We'll just log on to Facebook and read the local happenings. Mm-hmm. Group. Like, <laughs> so I've been calling, I've been calling the shovel drama, uh, shovel gate. Um, <laughs> because it's just it's every, every day there's like a, another comment or two that's really funny. <laughs> it's too much. John, how have you been? Oh, I've just been dandy. Um, I have kids in my house that are loud and obnoxious. And you got a makeover on Friday. I did. If you want to check my Facebook or Instagram, if you follow me, you can see the <laughs> great makeover I had. It took a long time using, I think, ten makeup wipes before <laughs> I to like get it off. Like it was rough. Um, but. I can now say as a parent, I hate school getting canceled. And I also hate from working from home when school's canceled because <laughs> you don't get anything done. Like, it's just, dad, 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 I want this. I need this. I would have been frustrated if I were you because school got canceled on Thursday night in preparation for all the snow that was going to come on Friday. None of the snow came until about 3 p.m. on Friday. When school was out already. When school would have already been out. Yeah. And it all came on Friday night and Saturday. And Andrew and I were talking today, like, kids just don't understand that, like, when it's cold out, it's not healthy for you to be outside. So, right. like, it's, like, 13 degrees before windchill factor right now. And these girls are crying because they can't go sledding. <laughs> and I'm like, you're going to get frostbite. And they're like, what's frostbite? And I'm like, well, someday I'll let you watch this great documentary called Mr. Deeds, where they talk <laughs> about frostbitten feet. <laughs> Oh, he's like, it's not a documentary. I'm like, eh, we can turn it into one. It's a great learning lesson. <laughs> it's just been interesting. I'm really hoping I talked to, to one of our friends who goes to church as assistant principal at the high school. 
Mm. And a friend of the church is on the school board. And I was like, listen, I don't know how much money I need to sell you to not cancel school tomorrow. I don't care if it's too cold. I don't care if there's a foot of snow. I have off tomorrow for a holiday and they need to go to school. Like, Do they don't have MLK Day off? No, they have President's Day off instead. Oh. Yeah. Hey. Um. So yeah, I'm begging all the beans, praying to God every other second that school is not canceled tomorrow so I can oh. enjoy an adult day off without children. Besides <laughs> that, I'm just doing great. I hate the snow. I hate cold weather. This is just prepping me for my enjoyable retirement on a beach or in Disney World, hanging out in the kids. <laughs> so someday when I make lots of money and have a great retirement plan from Credit Wealth in Auburn, Indiana, I will yeah. <laughs> I'll be all set. Just nice. plug Valley's local employer. <laughs> if anyone's in Northeast Indiana looking for great retirement planning, talk to Allison Wolliever. She'll hook you up. <laughs> what awesome. was the, name of the company? Credit Wealth Management. Okay. It's a great place. If you're ever looking for retirement planning, I'll hook you up. That's where she go. Okay. <laughs> Today we're talking about type six for the Enneagram. Wait, wait. Oh. Oh, just kidding. We skipped over the most important segment. Taylor <laughs> I was like, why am I getting these looks? <laughs> I'm like, so only one comment I want to lift. I was super happy to see her at the Chiefs game yesterday, as always. As uh, were the announcers. They were very into her attendance. Yes. <laughs> um, the one comment I told Luke at church today, I think NFL announcers are starting to cross the line with Taylor Swift being at games. Because in the fourth quarter, yes, the Chiefs, there was no chance the Dolphins were going to win. And I get that. No. One time where I don't know even who made that coat that Taylor Swift was wearing, but the announcer was like, oh, I've got a great story to talk about Taylor Swift's coat. Oh, they're getting ready to play. Let me finish after the play. And as soon as the running back got tackled, he was like, great. So what I was going to say, and starts talking about this, like who made her coat and how it's actually Brady Mahomes' coat and all this other stuff. The dude wasn't even like off the ground before he was like, okay, so back yeah. to the important story. <laughs> and I was like, we are at it. We are watching NFL. Like we are, we're not watching like People Magazine dot com whatever like so funny but it's okay i think they did i think they said um that the coat was like i don't know who it was made by but that one of the other teammates wives like made or got the coats made for all the like wives and girlfriends so yeah that's fun i just like i'm glad that they finally won because i i was thinking taylor switch was a bad luck charm because last few games she's been at yeah. She has not done good. Like, oh. and I was like, no. Know. I almost texted my friend Travis. I was like, listen, bud, like, she's a great person. She makes lots of money. I'm sure you love hugging and kissing on her, but like, I think <laughs> she's, I think she needs to stay at home because she's making you not pay attention to the game. But you know what? Um, I'm not going to text him because he proved don't me. Have his number. <laughs> I, do have his, I, I do have his number, but I'm oh, not going to okay. text him. I said I texted last time, like, hey, Trav, great game. Tell Jace I said hi. I love to Tay, you know. Taylor can say. Yeah. I wasn't surprised um, that the box that she was in wasn't, like, an enclosed box. I don't know. I just, like, they even made a comment whenever she was on her way in of, like, hey, that's a nice coat, but she won't have to wear it the whole game because she's in a box. And she was in, like, the coat and hat and mittens and 
the whole well, she was she was right underneath the commentators box. Mm-hmm. The commentators thought that everyone was waving at them until they realized that Taylor Swift was right underneath them. Yeah, <laughs> until they realized that no one cares. Yeah, no one cares. About well, it. they had to open it because it was uh, so frosted at the very beginning of the game. There was um, women going around like using their credit cards, trying to chip off the ice because it was so frosted on the inside. Oh. So anything i totally missed that i was like why why is this window open right now that (laughs) makes so much sense yeah there's a photo of taylor there's like a little like clear spot in the mix of all the fog and everyone's saying that's gonna be her new album cover because she's just looking out lovingly into this little hole (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome that's smart i did see a tiktok of her like looking out a window that must have been it they were like this is gonna be a music video (laughs) <laughs> that makes so so much more sense. That's I also cool. did love all the fans, specifically the Dolphins fans that were um, shirtless the whole game. Oh gosh, like you guys were nuts. I don't know the whole game, but I will say, like, I went outside once yesterday to shovel the sidewalk, and I was in shorts in a hoodie, and it was twenty-two degrees here, positive twenty-two degrees. Uh huh. And I almost was crying when I walked back in the house. And I was out for 10 minutes. Like, yeah. they insane. they apparently allowed um, people to bring in cardboard to, like, mm-hmm. sit and stand on so that they weren't touching the cold metal. Which I kind of feel like at that point, just postpone the game. I understand that's a lot of logistics, but also you're the NFL. You could postpone it. It'd be fine. But we won because it was so cold. So I'm... This is true. <laughs> this is true. I saw a video of um, a dolphin, like a couple, and uh, they're both Dolphins fans, and they were driving to the game, and they were talking about, like, how bad the road conditions were, and they were like, this is horrible, I should get these seats for free, like, all this stuff, Um, just complaining, which is fair. The roads were really bad in the video that they were, um, that they showed, but Luke and I were just laughing about it because, like, I just can't imagine driving for that many hours in that bad of condition to watch your team lose in a very embarrassing <laughs> fashion. Like, it just was not a good thing. It was entertaining, like, watching the coaches, because, like, the Miami Dolphins coach, he had, like, face covering, had, like, you would see his eyes. Right. And Andy Reid, his coat was unzipped. He had icicles coming down. Frozen mustache. I was like, Andy, you are the true man here. Like, good for you. Like, I'm so proud of you. That was really funny. Okay. Now. Now we're talking about Enneagram 6. <laughs> Yes. So, Allie, thank you for joining us and talking about Enneagram 6. Um, I was so excited when I saw that you had said you were a 6 because <laughs> you're just a very insightful person and have lots of good opinions on things. So I was excited to have you on and get to talk to you about this. Yeah. Um, so, Allie, how would you describe an Enneagram 6 in your own words? Yeah, so the title of Enneagram 6 is The Loyal Guardian. Um, So we're very loyal and protectors of people. Um, We overthink literally everything. So um, the core fear is always the fear itself and anxiety-ridden. So I'd say we just overthink um, deeply thoughtful, deeply emotional, but also protective of everyone around us. Mm -hmm. Nice. That makes a lot of sense. That does make a lot of sense. I could see that in Allie. (laughs) Um, and we'll talk about it later, but I think as Allie's grown in her relationship with Christ, um, I feel like a lot of that fear has 
been removed. Would you agree, mm -hmm. Allie? Yes, it's still like it's always there. But once you have a relationship with Christ and knowing so our um, core desire is to find security. And that's part of the fear thing. But being able to find your security in Christ helps a lot of that fear go away. Um, it's still kind of in the back of your mind, but it's just that reminder of like, oh, like I have Christ, like I'm going to be okay kind of a thing. Yeah. Awesome. I was reading um, from the Enneagram Institute and I've got it pulled up here about the six. Um, and it says that they are excellent troubleshooters because they foresee problems um, and can foster cooperations um, like between people, which I thought was really interesting because I do think that's a big strength. I have a good friend who's a six and she, um, she's very good at troubleshooting because she can see all of the potential like things that can go wrong. Um, and sometimes it is like this thing also says that they can be cautious and indecisive. So I think there is also like that negative side of the coin. <laughs> um, but it's just a fun, like positive twist on like being able to see a lot of potential issues is you're good at troubleshooting. Yeah. But this also says that um, at their best, sixes are internally stable and self-reliant, courageously courageously championing themselves and others. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so the first, like, I'm just going to read a paragraph of this. Um, this is from Ingram Institute. It just says, like, the overview. Um, it says, we have named personality type six the loyalists because of all the personality types. Sixes are the most loyal to their friends and to their beliefs. They will go down with the ship and hang on to relationships of all kinds far longer than most other types. Sixes are loyal to ideas, systems, and beliefs, even to the belief that all ideas or authorities should be questioned or defied. Indeed, not all sixes go along with the status quo. Their beliefs may be rebellious and anti-authoritarian. That's a big word. Even <laughs> revolutionary. <laughs> In any case, they will typically fight for their beliefs more fiercely than any than they will fight for themselves, and they will defend their community or family more tenaciously than they will defend themselves. Allie, do you agree with all that, or disagree, or feel? What do you feel? I definitely agree. I definitely see both sides of things. So if I, like with my husband per, per se, I will defend him all the way. But if he's telling me certain things, I the troubleshooting and seeing the other sides, I always see the other side of the equation. So I'll like mm. bring that up, but I'm always, to anyone else, I'm going to defend my husband or defend my friends. But then to them, I'm going to defend the other side of the people that aren't around and defend them as well. Um, so definitely I see all sides, but I'm going to stick with whoever... Like I'm loyal to ways and I defend them to others. Mm -hmm. Do you, I feel like with being loyal, do you have a lot of um, like really long standing friendships or like yeah. lots of friends from middle school or high school or those sorts of things? Mm -hmm. I don't always, unfortunately I don't get to see them as much as I would like to. Um, like my best friend, Cora, maid of honor, we've been friends since middle school and we can go months and months without talking, but I still want to defend her in all cases. I talk very highly of her, but we can hang out and it's like, we haven't like lost any time. So I keep yeah. all of those friends when we're close or not. I still have most of those friendships from middle school, from different stages of my life. I will say the one thing I appreciate specifically about Allie and like the idea of being the six and the troubleshooter um, so the branch we worked at was a branch of three people, um, and Allie and I were two of them. Um, and the <laughs> one thing I appreciated because a lot of times when you're in a smaller branch, there can create a lot of drama or like 
once like if you disagree with something like it's hard to see both sides of the story when there's such a small group of people in that community and Allie did a really good job at seeing both sides and sometimes for me like I was just like no I just need you to like pick a side and I was like well I get this side <laughs> get this side and it was appreciated like looking back like it was great <laughs> but sometimes I was like Allie I just want you to like agree with me and <laughs> tell me that I'm right <laughs> and she was like no it you so many times Noah because he's like but you need. I, I, he's like, I don't want to know the other side. I'm like, but sometimes you need to. Like, you're not always right. And so, if you're having a conversation with me, even if I fully agree with you, and even if I did think you were right, John, I'm like, but the other side, you have to remember the other side. True. <laughs> and like, we would have a lot of like biblical discussions in the lobby. During the lobby. <laughs> I was allowed in our lobby at all because of COVID. And there'd be a lot of times where we're like, no, but like this is. I'd be like, yeah, I know. But, but no, there's no but. <laughs> we both agree. We're just saying it differently. <laughs> but it was great. Because there were quite a few times that Allie probably calmed the storm in the branch because she could see both sides and could see why like I might be annoyed or another coworker might be annoyed or even why she was annoyed. But <laughs> she could like take that and think of it analytically to make it a lot better for everyone. I also do feel like that side of the six I would imagine is very helpful so that you're not just caught in like being loyal to like a fault. I'm sure there is some of that, but like I do kind of think that being able to see multiple sides of an equation or like multiple sides of a problem um, would, I can see it being helpful to not just like blindly follow people, you know, like being a little bit more analytical and, um, to balance out that like high intensity of loyalty. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, I guess trouble sometimes though, because definitely not people don't always want to know the other side. So I've definitely gotten myself in trouble of being that's like, fair. No. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like though, like a friendship perspective, or even like a spousal, like mm -hmm. even if people might not want to hear it, like I feel like it's. It's good. good to have someone like that on your side to right because I feel like there's a lot of times just in general like where people tell me things like Andrea pulls this a lot where she's like oh like devil's advocate type thing and I feel like do I want to hear it absolutely not but after she says it I'm like yeah you're right I need to keep my mouth shut and just <laughs> do yeah. it right. like so I think it's good for people to have people like you in their life Allie because they say we things that people want to hear all the time. Right. We can get in our own echo chamber of like, but I'm right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So true. Allie, is there anything that you disagree with that you've heard about a six or that you've read? Um, I think you already kind of touched on it. The we're not loyal to a fault because we do stick to the beliefs more than people. And mm. even though like I'm on their side, I'm not going to go down. Like I'll go down with my ship of beliefs but if you're not listening and I know that you're in the wrong, I'm not going to like let you know. Like I'm not gonna I'm gonna tell you you're in the wrong. I'm not gonna be like, oh you're right, that's fine. But I think you already touched on that. But other than that, I really agree with it. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Nice. Uh Allie, do you have any moments in your life um ever that kind of sum up your true six of um situations you've been in, um, or things you do on the daily that show that you are a six 
Um, overthinking literally everything is a key part <laughs> of a six. Um, I always tell my husband it's exhausting, not to be pitting me, but it's exhausting um, being a six. And I actually talked to someone that was a four today at lunch and sixes are very much in their head and they overthink everything. But as a six, I'm not thinking, how can I, um, how does this benefit me? Or this made me feel this way. I'm always thinking, did I say something that upset someone? Did I say something that someone mm. might have taken the wrong way and it, they're mad at me? Are they upset with me? Am I hurting someone? Am I doing something that I shouldn't be or that I should be? And so we just overthink that. Um, every decision that we make, we overthink um, all of the possibilities and all of the fears. So I'd say every moment is a <laughs> key moment of being a six. Yeah. Um. How do you feel like in your current job or like life with your husband, like is there times where being a six, like you work in the financial world. Um, so do you feel like sometimes mm -hmm. like in that perspective, like the overthinker troubleshooter, like benefits you? I think so. Yeah. Um, sixes, I feel like a really good impasse. And I think that in my financial planning part of things, we plan for the whole, we're not just saying like, oh, your money will work. We plan for your whole, like, what do you want to do with your money? What do you want to do with your life? And so I can see different things that like might come up or I dig deeper into like, why are you spending the way you're spending or what would you actually want to do? Um, and so I love getting to dig deeper into that. And then troubleshooting in general, I'm very good at whether I want to be or not of like, if we're missing a piece of something, I want to figure out how to solve the equation without that missing piece. I'm very non-conventional of finding things. Um, so like if I, if money needs to be sent out from a certain account and we have to move it around, like I always want to find out how to solve things with what we have and the tools that we have. Sure. Awesome. Um, so Allie, how, what, do you know what Noah's Enneagram is? <laughs> he's an eight which is very odd because when I I actually learned through the Enneagram through therapy and eights were people that I could not get along with for the majority of my life but it's works out great in marriage but he is a type eight yeah so how does um, it work with like because eights are like very loyal defenders mm -hmm. as well with things like how does that work with like both of you being very loyal in different aspects because like I feel like Andrea is an eight and she's loyal like people loyal mm -hmm. you're more beliefs um type loyal how does that work with the two of you like as you were dating and like getting to know each other better and things like that mm -hmm. um I think it's great because we want sixes need security and eights are loyal to the fault of people so that's been really nice of like he's always loyal um he now he likes that I'm the devil's advocate and I've written a lot of things up, but that was definitely a challenge because he's like, no, you're just supposed to support me. Like you're just supposed to admit me. And I do, I bring up the other sides. Um, but I really, he brings so much security because he's that firm person. Um, eights are also very, very direct, which used to be my biggest fear uh, with direct people because I'm not confrontational. Um, but it's worked out great because of the fear and anxieties that six have. I can just go to Noah and be like, blah, 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 like, this is in my head. And he's like, you're fine. You're going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay. Um, so because he's loyal to a fault, it kind of takes that fear away of like, am I still loved? Just like with God, like God's loyal to a fault too with us. So I don't have to have those fears of, did I upset Noah? Did I do this? Because he's going to tell me. So mm -hmm. that's been really nice. Nice. Um, so how do you feel that your Enneagram 6 and your growth through the years has tied into your walk with Christ? Um, so you like let's say see it's 224 now 
224. What did I say? 2024 now. So like, Ali, seven years ago, you were graduating from high school. Isn't that crazy? You're old. So am I. <laughs> um, but like, you had a pretty dramatic, like, life story and walk with Christ between 2017 and even like just 2021 like when I moved to Michigan um mm-hmm. and I feel like being a being a six personality um in the unhealthy and healthy stages of that um impacted a lot of life that went on for you um and that and your walk with Christ changed so much in those years too um so can you share like just a tidbit of that and like how that journey of becoming who you are now compared to your start of adulthood. We'll just say adulthood. You graduated from high school. So start of adulthood, um, <laughs> going into like real adulthood, being married and owning a house and all that fun stuff now. Yeah. So sixes and stress, they go to threes and the lower part of three. So like at the start of it, I was very focused on myself and kind of like that survival point because I was in a stress um, and so as I started, I was living with friends and trying to get, I started a daycare and I worked at the bank with John. And so at that point, I was more worried about like, how can I get my, myself ahead? How can I be secure in myself, trying to like grab things of this world um, to cling to? Because I didn't have that security, I wasn't secure yet. And then as things went on, I started to make more money and I started to get my own house. And then I started to get closer to Christ. So I found security, both home and comfort, but also um, in Christ and myself. So as I get secure, I go to a nine. Um, and that becomes more of the mediator and peace. So the more secure I became in Christ, the more I was able to leave survival mode and start caring about others. Um, so now I get to be more, I get to see the devil's advocate. I get to help people more. Um, and that's kind of been shown through at the bank. When I first started, I was working to make money. I was working to get a house, but now that I'm not in stress mode, I'm working to help others. So I get to see that a lot, like in my career part of when I work with clients, it's not to make money anymore. It's because I want to help others. I want to benefit my colleagues. I want to talk about Christ. I want to, in my ministry, I'm serving because I want to help others and serve God. It's less about serving myself. Um, So just in the last seven years, I've seen that like internal shift of my worries being about me to my worries being about others a lot more and actually caring about others. Nice. And it's, it's been very cool watching that transition in your life. And even after I moved, like, watching it on social media, even just your life changing and the ministry. Mm-hmm. You're um, do you, do you feel like having a home or like having like a space that's yours was helpful in finding that security? Yes. Um, as a six, because our, that's our core desire. When I didn't have that security, it felt like I always said, like, I feel like I was spinning yeah. and then I to get my own home. And as I found to get God, like it was slower and slower and then now just like having my home and having my root in Christ, so both physically and spiritually, it just feels like a breath of fresh air of, I don't feel like, yes, I still have those anxieties and things, but I feel more secure both physically and spiritually. So it's slower. I'm calmer. I'm able to love others more because my core desire is met. I relate to that a lot. There was a good period of time, like a, I don't know, a year or so where, well, no, the first two years of mine and Luke's marriage, we moved a ton of times. Like we just did not have a home base. And I think there are certain types on the Enneagram that really need that like 
space to be theirs. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, at least having now a, a space that is ours that we haven't moved from in a, two a year or two, almost two years. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's crazy. Um, it's also just, I don't feel like I've been married for almost four years. Um, that's kind of the crazier part. <laughs> um, but for me now having that space that is, that is this like retreat, um, is very helpful. So that, that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. That. Yeah. And it's along that journey for you too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, How do think, you, oh, sorry. Go ahead, John. I think also like when, and I think no matter what Enneagram type you are, um, Like, I know, like, as a four, like, I'm tied to my emotions all the time, whether it's anger or love or whatever. Um, But I feel like finding a significant other, um, when you Mm -hmm. lean on Christ more to help you find who you're going to spend the rest of your life with, opposed to leaning on your emotions or your own fears or, like, yourself, um, God definitely gives you that security blanket that whatever your personality needs to lean on. Um, mm-hmm. he allows that. Um, yeah, because the girls I dated before Andrea, they weren't Andrea. We'll just say that. <laughs> you dated girls before Andrea, John? What? Know. <laughs> you know what, Andrew? I never kissed my wife before I married her. So I feel like there's a big difference between finding um, a partner out of a place of like, I have a need that needs to be filled versus mm-hmm. out of a place of security is also huge. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know that it's necessarily Martin and Luke's story because we started dating in high school. I don't know that I was secure in anything in high school, but, <laughs> but <laughs> it's grown God's, into security. Yeah. And I think God, God still knew when you were in high school, like right, who you needed. And like yeah. you and Luke are very opposite, like personality wise, like, and God knew that, like, Luke needed you. Right. So, and I could imagine as high schoolers, not a whole lot to change personality-wise. You <laughs> 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 might have matured, but personality-wise. <laughs> nope, not much. Because <laughs> I haven't changed. Well, I think... Go ahead, Allie. I think that it's so true, though. Um, I feel like John was one of these people in my family. Even when I first started dating Noah, they're like, what is happening? Like, our personalities are just so different. But as we both we both grew since we started dating, they both grew together. But my personality is exactly what he needed and his personality is exactly what I need. And even though we didn't know how it was going to go in the beginning, now it's a perfect mold and it's exactly what we need. So. I will admit, I, I love Noah as a human being. But when they first started dating, <laughs> I was like, hey. <laughs> I was like, he's gonna drive you nuts, Allie. I don't know if you're gonna be able to do this. And she's like, We no, did no. so now it's a lot better. Now we love each other. <laughs> yeah. I'm saying I was like, Allie, I don't know. I There's... also know Claire. Claire had the biggest crush on Noah from the day she mm-hmm. met him, like, and told Allie very straightforward that like he was gonna be Claire's boyfriend and husband, not <laughs> I do think I remember her talking about the whenever she was your bubble girl because she is very clear that she was not your flower girl she is bubble girl um (laughs) I feel like she told me at some point like in telling me about you and Noah that um that she had a crush on Noah but it was okay that he was getting married (laughs) because he recognized that he was happy and (laughs) 
yeah. <laughs> I had to have Claire's blessing. Yes. <laughs> like we had to bring Claire into the bank so we could sit down and tell her that Allie was engaged. That means no was officially off the market. <laughs> I Sorry, he wasn't already off of her market. <laughs> Sorry, the boy the man in college is no longer up for the kindergartners. Um <laughs> oh, Claire. oh gosh. She's something else. I do oh. kind of back to the conversation though. I do think there is I, I hate when cliches are true because I just so badly want them not to be true. There's this like little <laughs> rebellious like streak in me that wants them not to be true. But I do think there is a lot of truth in the opposites attract of like where your pitfalls are that your partner picks up in, you know, that's one of their strengths. Um, there is certainly something to that, which makes sense is like, con I'm very non-confrontational and Luke is, <laughs> I wouldn't necessarily call him confrontational, but he's very direct. Um, yes. And that also provides me a lot of comfort of like, I don't have to wonder, is something wrong? I will be told if something's wrong. <laughs> Yeah. So Allie, we're going to read um, some things from your Enneagram coach, not your okay. personal Enneagram coach, unless <laughs> you're paying her to be your Enneagram coach. You might be. That's good for you. <laughs> um, so we're going to start. It's going to be the unhealthy. And then they say autopilot, but like, really, it's like normal. the average normal day to day um, and then healthy. And then afterwards, we'd love to hear your thoughts on maybe where that touches to you or where you might agree or disagree with the comments that they made. John, are you reading these or would you like me to read one of them? Oh, you can read all of them if you want. Okay. I don't have to pull up. But... Okay. Well then I'll start and you can read the average one. I'll read the other two. How's that sound? Great. Awesome. See, I have a double screen so I can oh, read. Yeah, you're super cool. Just saying. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Unhealthy sixes. See, I'm a people pleaser. So I just had to announce everyone that I am better than six. <laughs> Anyway, well, I told you that that displeases me, John. Oh, well, it pleases me. Oh, okay. <laughs> wow. I'm a healthy four today. <laughs> oh, okay. Sure, sure, okay. sure. Okay. <laughs> Unhealthy sixes. Their whole world at this level revolves on being on the lookout for dangers around every corner. They forget that they are Christ's beloved child and he cares immensely for them. So that's unhealthy. For the autopilot, or like the average, um, when sixes begin to forget that they are Christ's beloved, safe, safe and cared for, they begin to move into average levels. Um, since they forget how loved they are in Christ, they believe they are alone and in need, and they need to scan the horizon for dangers and for people who might harm them. And then a healthy six. Healthy sixes take their anxieties and, and insecurities to God, knowing that he is able to faithful, he is able and faithful to take care of them. They know, believe, and trust that God is good to his children. This knowledge allows them to place their trust in him instead of trying to predict and control life on their own. They understand that there is never certainty of safety or security on earth, but they do know that they can trust that God will always be there to love, provide, and protect them. Thoughts, Sally? <laughs> on the, I have, I relate to all of these. Um, on the unhealthy <laughs> side, that's, that's where we go in stress. Um, right after the wedding, I was on a whole new level of stress of things. Um, and I had actually experienced, so um, 
On the unhealthy side, we're always scanning for dangers. We think everything is a threat. And there are multiple things like with my job, there was people there. And I was like, oh, like if they're doing well, that means that I can't do well. And so like mm. that threat there um, in life, if there's people close to my in-laws, I was like, oh, like if they love that person, then they can't love me the same. And it was very much instead of how am I affecting others, it's everything was against me. Um, so I think that's a really a struggle for sixes. And I still will get to that point. And sometimes where I'm like, oh, they're doing really well. I'm jealous. But then it's that remembering of people can do great things. And that doesn't mean that I'm not. It doesn't mean that I have to feel threatened by that. Um, and the neutral, when it gets secure, um, you still are looking for dangers, but it's, it's not like I'm like, everything is a threat anymore. Um, and I'm hoping that I'm more, I feel like I'm more in the neutral to positive area. Of, like things are going to be okay. Cause I'm, I still have those anxieties and I still have those moments of like, is that a threat? But because of Christ, I can take that deep breath and be like, no, like, God has a plan for me. And just because someone else is doing great or someone else might not like me, that's okay. It's not a threat because God has a plan. Um, and my, that plan is going to be successful whether I do anything wrong or not. It's going to be set in stone. It doesn't matter what other people do. Um, mm -hmm. So I think that as a six, because we overthink, I think that sometimes we hover between the three more than others, maybe. At least it feels like in my experience. Um, but because of Christ, I always go back to that top when I'm in a true, like, thoughtful because I know the truth and I know that his plan is going to succeed no matter what but awesome I think that's a really great way to talk about like health and unhealth and like that whole like spectrum of like moving that we all <laughs> go through throughout life is that like the goal is yes to like be able to take your anxieties to Christ that doesn't mean the anxiety doesn't pop in your head though <laughs> like it, the anxiety like I don't know I I think it's a a great way to look at it of I'm not failing because the anxiety popped up or because the kind of scarcity mindset popped up, but it's what I do with that. Once it's here, do, am I able to take it to God or am I like ruminating on it and like thinking about it a lot? Um, that just, yeah, I often can get stuck in the, like things are either perfect or they're horrible. Like that, like <laughs> mindset. Um, and so it's just good to remember that, Mm -hmm. I'm not unhealthy because there are still like things that I'm wrestling with. That's just part of life. Yes. I have people in my life that are still um, on the old religion. I grew up in a Southern Baptist. And so there's some very old religion beliefs, but it's been, if you have anxiety, then like read your Bible, do that kind of stuff. And while that helps, I am not less biblical and I'm not less in Christ because I have them. Like you said, it's what I do with them. Um, as sixes, we're going to overthink everything, no matter what we do, but it's how we handle it. And do we sit in it or do we let God's truth overpower that? So I like how you said it. Yeah, hey, man, that was good. Amen. <laughs> um, Allie, do you have any advice to other sixes that might be listening um, on how they can like switch out of that unhealthy mindset um, and how like a good way to transition into a more healthy lifestyle as a six. Or like healthy habits or healthy habits, you yeah. do. Yeah. Um, I think too, because we overthink, um, when you get yourself caught up to think why you're thinking those things, I don't know who said it, so I'm probably just stealing this without giving them credit. Um, but they say to take every thought captive and to put it into um God's mind and scripture's mindset. And I think just to think about it, whenever I'm thinking like, oh, they're doing great and I'm jealous and I'm mad, think why? Like what am I what's going on in my life? What am I anxious about? that I'm thinking poorly of others. Um, so taking on to that and just knowing that, like I keep saying, like 
God has a plan. It's just because they're succeeding. That's not taking away from what God has for me because what God has will happen no matter what. Um, another thing I do is I have like five or six worship songs that I have on a playlist. And anytime I can't get my mind to shut off, um, I just play those, even if it's at work, if I put an earbud in. Sorry, boss, if you happen to be listening, <laughs> I put the earbud in and I listen to those songs. Um, if I'm in the car or anything like that, I don't have to think. I just put that on and then it's kind of like takes over for that. Um, and just knowing that there's nothing wrong with you because you're having anxieties or because you're having jealous thoughts. Um, just keep working on shifting those mindsets. Do you find music is really helpful? Like, is that a tool that you turn to a lot? All of the time. Yes. <laughs> I have, uh, some of my playlists of songs I've been listening to, even when I was in high school and I went to school in California for like six months and I was very far from Christ, but I've always worshiped music has always been that like little glimpse of Jesus that I've still mm. had in my life. And so that's still my, whether I'm really strong in Christ or I'm struggling, I always have worship music that kind of like brings me back. And that's my like anxiety tool that I always have. That's cool. The reason that I asked, it's funny. I, the friend that I mentioned earlier um, is the other six that I know. And um, it's so funny, like talking at the Enneagram, you realize that like, oh, that might not just be part of their personality. That could be something much deeper that other people also, you know, connect with. And she is, she has, I swear, a playlist for everything. And it could only be three songs on that playlist, but she has a playlist for this very specific moment <laughs> that you're in. Um, and so yeah. it's just funny that that's not just, that's not just her. It's probably part of being a six. Mm -hmm. That's my love language too. If I have a certain like worship song that comes up, if I have a new one, I want to send it to everyone that I think might relate to it. Like that's always nice. been my language. That's awesome. That's cool. I like that. Um, Allie, is there anything else you'd like to add about sixes that we didn't talk about um, or any nuggets of wisdom you would like to share? Nice. Um, I've talked a lot about like deep thoughts, but sixes feel everything very deeply too emotion wise. Um, something that I get told a lot that I've now just accepted is like being overdramatic or things like that. Mm -hmm. um, you're not crazy because you have deep feelings. I've learned that it's made me a very empathetic person and God's been able to use that because I feel everything so deeply and I feel everyone else's feelings so deeply too. Um, so I think instead of letting those words hurt you, kind of think about how God can use that, how God's already using that because we were created for a purpose with that. Love that. Well, Allie, thank you so much for joining us. Um, and it's just been great seeing your face and hearing you and just hearing your wisdom of Enneagram 6. Uh, we will catch you all next week, folks, for our last Enneagram yeah. episode, yeah. Enneagram 5. 5, which we don't have a 5. Yeah, we're, we we have a couple of plugs out there. But if you're oh, looking sure. and you haven't responded to my emails, um, I would appreciate it if you did, because that's the nice thing to do with your friends when they email you. Um, <laughs> and I'm four and I have emotions. And having <laughs> friends is one of those. So please go back. If you didn't get an email and you're five, you can email me, ask me how my day was, and then say, I'd love to be on the podcast because I'm fine. <laughs> I'll say, great. Let's set up a Zoom call. So, yeah, that's all I'm going to say about that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Anyway. <laughs> we will catch you all next week. Thanks so much for joining us, Allie. Thanks, Bye. Allie. Thanks, guys.